welcome back to the Inside Rain podcast and thank you so much for joining me again. I'm super excited to announce today's episode and it is with the lovely Kevin Akers. Kevin is an Irish international dressage rider and he is based in Green Oak Question. No stranger to the dressage world, he has worked his way right from prelim to Grand Prix and currently holds the title of being Ireland's youngest rider to ever compete at Grand Prix and he did so at the age of 21. Having won numerous national titles, Kevin tells us about how he got into horses, how he got to Grand Prix and his plan for the future. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Inside Rain podcast and I'm so delighted to be joined by my dear friend Kevin Akers. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Siobhan. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Not at all, not at all. Um, thank you so much for your time, as I know you are up the walls um, at Team Green Oak, and I can't wait to hear all about um, your time there. But I suppose we better start at the start and tell us all how you got into horses. Well, it was kind of, I think a lot of people had the same probably story as myself, but uh, I got into horses through um, not being very good in school. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I, school, I wasn't really a, an avid schoolgoer, let's say. And uh, yeah, I just ne- never really enjoyed it. I always just thought I had, you know, was far too busy to be in school, you know. And <laughs> and then eventually um, how I started was that I one day went for a riding lesson with my uh, cousin. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. I just went to a little riding school up in, in Minute and uh then my dad then started started bringing me every Thursday then for a lesson and I just loved it and I'm not not from a horsey family at all so it was kind of something you know that we never I never even thought would be an option of a career um for me you know because I'm from a very normal you know Dublin household like it's it's not really your 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 go-to job you know um but no, I, I kind of started having the riding lessons every Thursday and then, uh, yeah, progressed on to that. I, I loved it so much that my brother, my brother and my family actually said, said to me, if you stay in school, we'll buy you your own horse. So that caused great excitement for me. So I was like, right, fair enough. That's it. I'm staying in school. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I stay I, I started riding when I was about 11 11 years old I think um so uh yeah that was kind of how, how it all started and what was this um that, uh, by the way that is a great uh, initiative to keep anybody in school is to promise them a horse uh, at the end of their school term <laughs> and what how did I suppose your love for dressage come about. Um, did you get introduced to it through the riding school, or yeah, tell us how you found dressage? Well, how I actually found dressage was, and how, how I found my first horse was, um, my sister Alison. She was a nurse, and she worked with a lady called Madeline, and uh, her daughter Sonia uh, was a dressage rider. Um, so we obviously knew nobody in the industry. We didn't have a have a clue how to even go about, you know, buying a horse or, or what to be looking for. Um, so one, uh, so Alison, my sister, was saying it to Madeline, and she said that Sonia would be happy to help. And um, yeah, I went up to Sonia's yard, and I, I remember just seeing her seeing her ride her good horse at the time, um, Bonaparte, and I just thought oh my god this is this is amazing and then obviously you know you start googling things and you start you know being on youtube and seeing all these top riders and just seeing what uh you can teach an animal you know and trying to make it look as effortless as you can and that just was a real uh a real kind of really like amazed me that you know these people looked like they were doing nothing up there and these horses were just you know dancing around basically and just kind of like hopping off the floor so uh yeah that that for me really kind of made me made me love the sport and and kind of want to start and now don't get me wrong <laughs> I, I i it was far from any of the of them points when i started it was it was fairly hairy <laughs> but uh but we got there in the end <laughs> 
And that were so it was true, Sonia, that you found Little Miss Daydream, wasn't it? It actually was, yes. So uh, Little Miss Daydream was my first ever horse. I still have her now. Um, and I trained her up to medium level myself. Um, but she was, you know, not really built for the job, let's say. She wasn't, a, you know, your typical fancy dressage horse. Uh, but she was, you know, the best the best thing that could have possibly happened for me like she was a great starting horse and a great and I learned so much off her and um it was actually a lovely story how how it came apart like how we got her um one day my you know obviously before I was told I could I could have the horse if I stayed in school it was actually my brother and my uh, two sisters who had set like my brother had saved up he was a apprentice uh, an apprentice carpenter at the time and he had saved up all his all his money from doing his little nixer jobs and um, you know his little jobs on the side outside of college and he just came home one day and he put the money on the table and he said that's for Kevin to go you know buy his you know his own horse so and then my, my two sisters then very kindly uh, chipped in as well and then my mom and dad as well so it was they were really the ones who kind of made it happen for me you know and then God loved them every week. They used to have to chip in, uh, in, in money every week for uh, their wages for Ruby's livery as well. So <laughs> I, I really do owe them a lot. God loved them. But uh, yeah, so she was she was fantastic. You know, she was we got her as a five year just gone five year old. Um, and Sonia found her for us. And we were based in Sonia and Sonia's yard for a couple, uh, maybe two years or three years. And you know, they taught me everything I needed to know. I was I was very raw when I went there. I didn't know how to hold a shovel. I didn't know how to, you know, uh, put a bridle on. Nothing. So we were we were really green, and we really needed a a lot of help. Um, so, uh, you know, Ruby put up with an awful lot at the start. I can tell you that. Oh, but like even just um hearing that story of, you know how your family and your brother and your sisters got behind you. That's, that's so lovely. And I suppose it highlights the importance of having a good support network. And I suppose you were all, you know, you didn't know what you were going into, but it was so lovely how they had your back. And even moving on to Sonia, how she gave you that time and the space for you to learn in order to get you to where you are today. Totally. I think, I think they're, you know, it takes it takes an army. I'm a firm believer of that, um, and I've been very lucky to have amazing people. You know, in my career so far that I've that I've met along the way, um, you know, and it's it's been it's it's a long road and it's a very difficult road, um, and it's you know hard work. But I've been very lucky with the people that I've met, and and you know, people have been very generous with their time and their their knowledge and I think if you if if I'm a firm believer if you kind of treat people with kindness and you know they they ho- hopefully the most of the time they'll treat you know they'll treat you the same way so it's uh yeah I've been I've been very lucky and obviously to have such a supportive family and we had no clue what we were doing at the start and we kind of just said right let's let's give it a go and uh yeah like my my family is uh, they're just so amazing like I know everyone thinks their family's amazing but um I I mine are pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that and when was it at that you kind of started you know you had seen Sonia riding you know her, her good horse and stuff and what was it like when you first got introduced to like competing in dressage? Can you remember what's your earliest memory of like actually being in the ring? And yeah, what did it look like for you? Oh God. Well, I can promise you it did not look too good <laughs> at the start. It was, it was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember my first couple of tests were, you know, strong, you know, 50%. <laughs> there wasn't uh, wasn't much flow or elegance to it at all. Um, and obviously I'd started with my, with my own, with my horse, Ruby, a little mistake room. Uh, I had never competed before, um, before that. 
um, and I started at the you know the general the prelim level and all I was concentrated on was just getting around that test as quick as I could because I was so nervous just get it done and over with and I was you know looking forward to like the, the chip van afterwards that was the highlight of my day <laughs> so my probably my my first memory of my first ever dressage test I uh I heard the I heard the bell and then obviously I didn't have a clue what that kind of meant you know I was like oh god maybe I'm doing something wrong and uh I had looked over and a lady was standing there. she was like that means you have to start that means you have to start so I was like oh, oh god so I was a little bit flustered and and I anyway I started the test and then I heard the bell go again and I was like oh Jesus what's going on now and I had realized that I had actually started <laughs> the test backwards and I was like half I was halfway through it and I was going to myself, oh, God, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, you are nailing this. <laughs> and then realized I was facing the wrong direction. She was, the judge was like, oh, and I'm just letting you know you've actually started the oh, test backwards. No. I was like, oh, Mother of Mary, get me out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. I like, I think it, I think it's safe to say that if we are. Uh, if we made a uh, a collage of everybody's first dressage test, I don't think anybody would have ever have gone well. I remember going down the central line, turning right, and galloping back out of the arena. So at least you stayed in and did the test. I just galloped out of it. That's how quickly I wanted to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, it was more it was more that I participated than did anything else. <laughs> oh my god, and. I suppose, like, you know, you, you, you um, persevered from there because you had such a strong love for the, for the sport. And what was it that kind of made you push through and go, you know, say to yourself, right, this is what I want to keep doing? How did you go through, you know, being nervous? And I suppose, does the nerves affect you to this day? Um. Well, yeah, I suppose it was kind of the journey for me was uh, I had obviously been producing my own horse. And then so, yeah, it was quite a, a quite a whirlwind journey after after I had left Sonia's and um, I had started kind of getting lessons uh, on Ruby. Miss Daydream of a Grand Prix rider called Sandra Blake Farrell. And yeah, she was a fantastic teacher and yeah, really, really enjoyed my lessons with her and you know, our competition record got a little bit better then, thank God. And then one summer I decided to, I was kind of looking for a little summer job and I had said I'd ask Sandra if she knew of anybody that needed some help in the yard. So I uh, said it to her and she said, yeah, come and, come and work for me. So I went to a, she was based in a beautiful stud farm called Dollinstown Stud and um, and that was owned by um, Ralph and Ulla Seidel and Caroline and Lars Bjork. And it was just the most unbelievable place to go to work every morning. Um, it felt like I was in Downton Abbey. But it was, uh, yeah, so I, I went there for two weeks training and, and I never left. Um, so there I kind of really started to to find my love for, for dressage because up to then I had never really tried any kind of you know, movements or I was, you know, uh, any more of the advanced stuff. Um, so I was very lucky to get the ride on lots of, you know, very nice horses in Dollinstown. And I had, uh, you know, lots of kind of older horses, schoolmasters. Then we had lots of different horses in and out for schooling, um, you know, which which I learned so much on, you know, and, you know, lots of different types, young horses, old horses, horses with problems um. And just kind of figuring out that every horse has its way um, and it's our job to just kind of find that way. Um, so that was a, a fantastic learning learning curve. Uh, I was there for about about three years, I think. So it was kind of quite a skyrocket up the, up the ranks because I'd only ever really competed prelim. And I actually then, uh, Sandra had become pregnant and... I was very lucky to get the ride on uh, two really nice horses, one called um, Biala Perla and another one called St. Emilion. And yeah, I had I had great success with them and I had 
you know, it was it was just amazing to be able to ride, you know, my first flying change and first bit of Piaf Passage and, you know, they're just feelings that you'll never forget, you know. And especially from never doing anything like that before, it was just so amazing. Um we uh when we had when I had had great kind of international set success with them too as well I had in the first year of me riding them um I started off in medium level with Biala Perla and advanced medium with uh Saint Emilion and we managed to do our first international we went over to uh Bury Farm with uh, our good friend Courtney and we did Hickstead international as well so that was unbelievable um and then yeah kind of progress then to you know try email had you know I, I was my main goal then obviously when I had started you know doing the higher level movements and I just kind of was got the the bug first I was like right this is it I want to be a Grand Prix rider so that was my my next goal wow that is an incredible journey and I suppose like a credit to you and how much trust Sandra had in you that you know when she had to take the sidelines you know to when she was pregnant that she trusted you to to compete the two horses and you know you gained so so much experience from it that I suppose you can pass on to your horses that you have now totally you know and and you know that's and actually referring back to the question about the nerves and you know it was the same thing when when you kind of when I went out and started competing so much more and, you know, I was nearly, I was on the road every weekend, you know, you'd be doing silver. We did silver spurs actually with my own horse. Um, and then, you know, uh, lots of different shows with, with all the horses that you were just, you know, the more you did it and the, the more confidence you gained doing it. And then, and obviously then you were training mm-hmm. really hard. So, you know, as my mom always says, um, Oh, what's her saying now? It says, uh fail to prepare prepare to fail so we had you know lots yes. of, lots of preparation went in and you know that that is the key you know you you get out what you put in and yeah it was just through through kind of lots of practice and doing just you know doing it every weekend you know you just start to you know get desensitized to the nerves and and when you're starting doing when you start doing well you also start to you know get gain confidence so yeah, Def- definitely. That's where I think the the kind of elimination of the nerves part, you know, kind of left me, and then I just started to really enjoy it, competing and get get very very competitive, <laughs> which you know sometimes can be good and sometimes not so good. But I think being, <clears throat> I think like recognizing that you know, having the self awareness alone to realize that if we're too competitive it can bring us to a bit of a negative place but I suppose you have that you have that awareness now that you know when you cross that line you know what I mean but I think it is a very important attribute of you know a high performance rider to be competitive you know what I mean because especially in a sport like dressage where it's you know you're you're at you're at the mercy of the judges, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I suppose, like, it, you, we're always striving for perfection, and I think it would be almost... Um, oh, and this goes for any, like, horse rider, especially that it's such a skills-based sport, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think it's natural for us to be perfectionist, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, that's, you know, it's something that you can very much get yourself very hell bent on that if you know if you don't win this competition or if you know if you have maybe pressure from you know uh you know pressure you put on yourself or maybe owners or sponsors or all of these you know elements that you have it's 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 pressure is is isn't good you know what i mean if 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 you put it on on in a negative way for yourself you know as i always say pressures for tires Mm. you don't need to have any of that jazz so it's you know but it's always so important and the best advice I was given at the start when obviously I was so nervous was just go in and have fun you know go in enjoy it if there's an element of fun to it you know it it makes it so much easier you know and to you know I never get you can never get too worked up over 
you know, six minutes. It's only six minutes of your life. So if it, them six mm-hmm. minutes don't go too well, you don't beat yourself up over it. You know, you go, you try fix the problems and you give it a go next time. You know, you're only human and mistakes happen and you're working with animals that have their own brain and their own, you know, you know, their own plans. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not always straightforward. So you have to be very, you know, aware mm-hmm. of that. And I think once, once you're aware of that, you start to be more relaxed, you know, you're not kind of, and then obviously when you're tense, you know, I'm a firm believer that you're just, your tension goes straight through to them, you know? So if you can stay chilled out yeah, and just concentrated yeah. and in the zone, um, usually always works. I really, I really like how you, touch there on the element of having fun because I know that so many people listening to this when they think of you that and especially if they meet you in a warm-up arena you know you you light up the warm-up arena because you're so chilled and you are all about having fun and I think that is an important element that you bring to a warm-up because it immediately cuts to any tension you know what I mean of yeah because the warm-up place can often be survival of the fittest quite literally you know and (laughs) I think that having that person like you that just you just kind of cut through it with your you you know your your bouncy personality and you know and I think but breaking down that a dressage test is only six minutes of our life out of a 24-hour day Mm -hmm. I, I really really like how you put that perspective on it that there's so much that happens in the rest of the day that we can focus on while the six minutes might be very important to us at that time it's there's still a whole other day that we have to get on with you know what I mean totally and especially you know like when you have you know multiple rides and different horses it's it's very important that if you have a bad ride you need to put it behind you and you know the next one you know you work on the next one and you can't bring any of that tension over to the next to the next once you sit in the saddle I think you just need to kind of zone out and zone into them you know so you have your, mm. your feel is better you know you can feel exactly what's happening underneath you and then you can react accordingly I really really like that I really like that so from I suppose the horses that you've rode mm-hmm. through the years and this can include <clears throat> your he's not new but he's your recent ride Ganesh what would you say your proudest competition moment to date would be oh I've been I've been very lucky um to have you know a lot of success so it's but my proudest moment probably I I I kind of I have two I have two proudest moments um my proudest moment my first one would probably be my, my goal all along was to try achieve to be Ireland's youngest Grand Prix rider um, so at 21 years old, I managed to ride my first ever Grand Prix um, on St. Emilion. And I think that was probably my proudest, one of my proudest moments, as it was just such a massive goal that, you know, for someone like me, who's, you know, you know, not from maybe a horsey family, you know, or the ideal kind of, um, you know, setup, it was just a dream come true for me, you know, Uh to to have achieved that and I just felt like it was a really good stepping stone um on my journey uh to you know to to carry on my journey and and my, and my career you know which is some a grand prix is something that some people only dream of so I was just so thrilled yeah. to be able to to be able to fulfill that dream you know and then my second one was probably um my new my newest ride Ganesh uh he's just I I love him to bits you know I I just find him so amazing and and he's so lovely to work with and you know he was just fantastic you know it was kind of the the dream the your dream horse that you could you know go over and and pick and and find you know it's, it's everyone's dream to go over and and try find a superstar and you know I was very lucky to to be given that opportunity to because you know I, I wouldn't have been able to do it alone um, and that's when I was very mm. lucky with with the Green Oak team and, and, and Lucy McCarthy the owner of Green Oak um, to go over and find Ganesh so that was and, and I think for me probably doing my first 
pre St George on, on Ganesh was was an amazing experience for me as well because it was just to have a horse that you know you sourced yourself and um, you know you got to you know got to know and it was it was in a very short time you know I think we done our first pre St George in the first year that we had had you know had had uh, purchased them so it was a very kind of quick you know quick. Uh, what would you say? What's the word? Um, so, so exactly, like a, exactly. a quick, um, quick turnover, uh, you know? Because yeah. um, so yeah. it was because he had just kind of competed, you know, medium level in, in Holland. And uh, he had obviously, you know, had a few of the few of the tricks. So when we went and try, you know, went to try him, he was just in. He was actually the horse that we dis- that we said, oh, sure, we'll just try him because he, he's there, you know? And as soon as I sat on him, I was just like, oh, my God, this animal, you know, the feel he gave he gave was just unbelievable. You know, one that I've never really felt before that he was kind of electric, but also very kind, you know, which is, you know, which is such a a, a big, you know, such so important, I I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, you know, electric and, and also like kind and soft at the same time. They're often yeah. words that aren't in the same sentence really <laughs> totally. when it comes to a horse because you either have one or the other yeah. really, don't you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and with, I suppose, now being based at Green Oak and looking back on your time when you first started with Sonia and then having gone through the rest of your career, is there any challenge that stands out to you that you had to overcome and I suppose that has shaped you into the rider that you are today? Um, yeah, most definitely. Because once when I, ha- when I decided to leave um, Dollinstown, actually, um, I le- we left Dollinstown. I started up on my own, actually, in, in Green Oak Equestrian, uh, which was a new build at the time in Rathcool. And... It was just, you know, we went to go see it and it was the most amazing facilities, like, you know, facilities you'd only ever dream of. And I had said, I said, oh, God, this yeah. is, it was a big task because I was going out on my own for the first time. I was going to have my own liveries and, you know, my own owners and, uh, <clears throat> you know, everything was, you know, then obviously you have to have your, you know, your your couple of different hats on then as well. You know, you have your rider, your your rider hat and then you have your businessman hat and you know your employer hat so it was it was I found that very tough and um especially because naturally I'd be very you know I'd be very bubbly naturally and kind of happy-go-lucky and you know sometimes it's the equestrian industry I find is quite a tough industry and it's an amazing industry but it's it's it can be tough at times so I found kind of keeping you know everybody happy and still trying to you know achieve your day-to-day tasks was very tough um so I did I did that right I I had my own kind of 10 stables in Green Oak for about a year and now I loved it I learned so much and but I definitely found that was probably my 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 you know a big a big learning curve for me because you know, yeah, it was it was keeping every um element under control and keeping every person happy, and that's that's what's I what I found quite tricky, um, because it can be it can be you know tiring and and you know especially when you've done a day's work and you also have all of that carry on too, you know, um, but then I was so lucky to have you know to have sit de- sit down with uh you know, my very good friend, Lucy, and we decided then we'd team up. I got the opportunity to team up with Lucy and, you know, with the with the whole running of Green Oak Equestrian. And it's just been the most amazing time from start to finish. So I've been there now nearly nearly two years. We've been probably nearly close to two years. We've been working together now and it's just been fantastic. You know, it's we have such a lovely team and we really have a you know a great working relationship with all of us in the yard and if someone's having a busy day we can you know we can bounce off each other and you know some person picks up the slack for the other person it's just it works really really well um and i think that is just so important 
because it can and as well that you have you have the crack you know what I mean you have fun on your day-to-day work because that's what I find is so important and obviously because all of us are young and we're you know we're the, we're the same age and it's it's a really big task to be taken on at, at, at on air on at air ages um you know we're learning all the time we get to learn together and we can support each other um in, in the journey of mm. you know of kind of growing and producing our, our, our new horses and um you know yeah kind of planning our international shows and stuff like that which is which is great to have someone your own age and you know a team your own age and also supportive and you know great friends you know which is you know I don't think you can ask for much yeah. more and I think it um it's something that we don't we get educated on how to you know ride horses and and you know look after them and and all of that but there's very little at least from my experience there might be more improvement now but there's very little out there that show riders how to deal with owners Mm -hmm. how to deal with difficult owners how to deal with hiring somebody how to deal with you know I suppose orders of fees, vet bills, all of those other things that make up the day-to-day yard. And, you know, it might be something that there could be um, a space for us in in Ireland to uh, educate educate riders on on those little things. But, yeah, I I can definitely see how that would be challenging, not only for you, but for any rider starting out on their own. Yeah, totally. And and I 100% agree, you know, that it it is extremely difficult to have the balance, you know, and it, you know, it's, it's about doing your, you know, especially when you're like me, I'm a real perfectionist and, you know, I always want everything to be perfect. So it's having the horses cared for perfect, having them immaculate, you know, keeping sponsors happy, you know, uh, owners happy, you know, uh, to keep up your training, make sure that not a, not one horse is falling behind. Um, another, you know, when maybe you're you're focusing on one that's maybe a bit more problematic. Um, it is. It's just it's it's the learning. It's time management. And now, although it, although it can be very difficult, you learn so much from it. And but like as I said, to have the support now and we're doing it together, it's just fantastic. You know, I'm I'm very lucky in that sense. And I suppose knowing like gone through the experience that you have, you know, I suppose learning those little harder things along the way, what advice would you have for a young rider, I suppose? in the position that you were in when you started out on your own or perhaps any other advice that might apply for a rider of any discipline really um yeah i think i think the best advice you can you know you can give is to base yourself somewhere you know and and really you know be open to you know to learning everything and every little element of the industry you know it's important to know you know how you handle these you know these much more you know exuberant competition horses um down to what their feeding regimes down to their um you know a a lot of it is not in the saddle you know so if you can find yourself a really Mm. a really good yard and, and a really good trainer um that that would be my advice you know and whether that's here or abroad or um, and definitely to, to travel around and to just kind of, you know, get get lots of advice. And because and, and, in my opinion, you never really stop learning. So, you know, if you can take little bits of advice off of everybody and then you have the best chance, you know, to kind of make yourself the most, you know, well-rounded and, and try get as much knowledge as, as you possibly can. Um, especially if you want if you want to be, you know, a writer, because majority of the time it's does not start out with just being the rider you know it's you know there's you have to also be willing to work extremely hard you know it's that that is mm. definitely one of the things that is is a is a given you know it's it's a it's a difficult industry and it's you have to work hard and you don't get nothing for nothing you know 
Um, so it's you know you have once you're willing to work hard and you're willing to put the hours in and to be really open to learning everything, then I think that's probably the the best advice I could I could give to someone. That's really good advice. I I really really like that, Kevin. <laughs> it is. And what now with your now with um Ganesh yep. and I believe you have a few four year olds up and coming yep. as well. Uh, what are your short term goals and your long term goals? I suppose. Um. Well, my short term goals would be, would be definitely to just keep. You know, myself and Lucy are very lucky to have some lovely horses coming up the ranks and to just uh, produce produce our youngsters and, and, you know, to as best we can. And obviously to, you know, buy a few, sell a few and, you know, even with, with our good horses to keep them ticking over and keep them, you know, make them as best as make them as best as we can. Um, and to just, yeah, get get all our baby horses out to competitions and uh we have a couple of you know we've one you know show jumping mare we've a we've an another mare that will do a bit of eventing and i'll do a bit of dressage on her um and then we have another arrival coming from holland um on friday actually and uh so she'll be quite exciting she's by zonic so oh by zachary by zachary sorry <laughs> um so that'll be quite exciting so we're really looking forward to her arrival and then um, yeah, haven't uh, so we have lots, lots of up, up and coming horses, and yeah, that would be my short term goal to just make sure we can produce them as best we can, and then my long term goal, um, most definitely will uh, is Paris twenty twenty four with Ganesh. I am so excited! <laughs> oh my god, we will have to do. We we will definitely be doing a podcast between now and Paris twenty twenty four, but it'll be so nice to like catch up with you in like a year's time and see and you know like see how everything is going, progressing to that. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck heading towards there. Ah, uh, you're you're so good. Oh no, f- fingers crossed. I I have he's he's been going really well, and I act I have fantastic help at the minute. I get trained by Heike. Um. By Heike Holstein, so she's on the 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 girls in green team for for a dressage for Ireland. So, I've been Heike has been the most amazing help with Ganesh since the day we got him. Um, so it's been fantastic to train with Heike and to you know she's just a hive of knowledge. And then also I've been lucky enough to be to be on the high performance team to train with Johan um, Hineman. So. <clears throat> that was abs- that's absolutely fantastic so he he's a really knowledgeable man and we usually have a lesson every wednesday in our home place in green oak so it's it's brilliant we just have to pull him out of the stable and he's in california and, and we have a on a pixio camera and yeah it's to be having you know such expert advice from from both both of them people is just fantastic you know i just feel so lucky Oh, I love I love that, and I love the evolution of um now having Zoom lessons. That the, you know the there are no limits to to who you can be trained with now with the help of like the Pixio and the Pivo and just like I suppose technology making everything so much easier. It's, it's fantastic, you know. To, to you know, you nearly hear him having his his cup of coffee in the morning and and. We've done our day's work and, you know, we're having a lesson in the in the afternoon. So it's just it's amazing. And I think that's that's definitely something that, you know, COVID has has made very accessible for people is is online training and kind of having different alternative ways of, of kind of trying to keep up your your training, which is so important, you know, but also to be doing it in a, in a safe way. So. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's been fantastic having the support from Horseport Ireland and um yeah, it's absolutely love love my lessons with, with, with both of them. So fingers crossed if all keeps going well, we'll try we'll try get a couple of internationals in before the end of the summer and yeah, maybe at at small tour level. So and then you know, just keep 
tipping away at the Grand Prix work at home and, you know, make them as strong as we can. And then, fingers crossed, by the end of the summer, we might try try our first Grand Prix. And I have no doubt that it will go absolutely brilliantly for you. Here's hoping. (laughs) (laughs) And what would be your, like, what do you want to bring to the equestrian world? Like, what... What do you want to bring to the dressage world as a rider? Um, for me, I just think, uh, you know, what's what's most important to me about, you know, riding and, and, and dressage is that it looks easy um, and that the horse looks, you know, extremely happy and it there, there's a there's a real flow and harmony to it um, with also mm. keeping that, you know, that expression that all that these and and the, the the fire that all these top horses have and you know it's it's a constant balance between trying to keep the harmony and, and you know also have the you know the the flash and the wow factor you know um and mm. for me I'd I'd love to be able to bring that to the dressage world I'd love to be able to you know have all my horses kind of going in a very relaxed way but you know still just on fire you know um so yeah that would be for me that's that's always my my goal is to just try and make it look easy and what you what is uh, it could be any rider it could be a dressage rider mm-hmm. an eventer but what's a rider that you look up to the most oh um I kind of, I, I think Carl Hester is just fantastic. You know, it's obviously a, probably everybody's answer would be Carl. Um, and he's just, he, he definitely promotes, promotes a lot of that, that what I just kind of had said in my, my previous answer that he's, the horses just always look like they're going and they're having a nice time, which is amazing, you know, mm. and definitely from being over in his, I went over to his yard um, a few years back and to watch him and Charlotte train was just phenomenal and you know the horses are just unbelievable they're relaxed they're supple they're they're still you know have so much energy and presence you know it's just the end goal so definitely you know I'd Carl would be one and then Charlotte I admire for her for her drive and her determination and and the kind of pizzazz she puts into it, you know, I think that's always, that's really, really impressive. Um, and especially seeing her that day, you know, when we were over there, I was like, oh my God, I'm literally going home. I'm going on a diet. All these horses, <laughs> I, all the horses were like, yapped <laughs> to bits. And I was like, oh, Kevin. <laughs> I was like, rain it in, will you? Oh, I love it. But isn't it great that you had like, you know, you went home with that motivation to be like, wow, like, this is where my, this is the, this is the goal that I want to get oh, to. Totally. Like, like, and I only lasted about a week eating granola and berries. So then I was straight back on to the, <laughs> straight back <laughs> onto the normal stuff. Oh, I love that. I love it. I like, why can't my and... be stressier? <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it and what do you I suppose like haven't seen the horses over in Carl's like I I mean it just we're so used to looking at it his place from like a YouTube mm-hmm. video and stuff like yeah. that I don't know how you picked your jaw up off the floor but what I suppose haven't seen the horses at Carl's and then been through all the yards that you, you you've worked mm-hmm. at and what kind of the most thing that you take from uh, that you look for when you're sourcing a dressage horse? Um, yeah, well, I've actually been I've been very lucky to go over with, you know, to have ridden lots of horses when when I was away and, you know, to go over and help, you know, a, a friend of mine as well purchase a horse and then obviously looking for our own horses. And, um, you know, there's every horse is so different um, and you know, each horse has something different t- to bring to the table. Um, but me personally, mm. I always think that it's, I love, um, you know, a bit of flash. You know, they ha- I think when they're, when they're flashy, um, that's very important that there's something to kind of, there's something to look at, you know, there's, they're not just kind of yeah. plain. Um, and then also I find one of the main points that is, you know, 
that is so important is their brain because you know they have to be trainable they have to want to work with you and personally i i really like the the, the courses you know that are you know really you know they have to they have to also kind of you know want want to 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 work with you and if you have if, if the brain is right and you have a good you know the good walk the good canter and a nice a nice hind leg you know i think you're kind of everything and a good brain you're doing well. Love that. Love that. Right. Moving on into like the yep. last couple of questions. So they're yep. kind of quick fires. So what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And I think we may have covered this earlier, oh, but I've been given some great advice. Uh, but I think probably the best piece of advice I've ever been given is it sounds extremely harsh when you first hear it, but if you knew how little people thought of you, you would be offended. So it sounds really harsh, but it was said by a very reliable source. And it basically just means that, you know, don't sweat it too much. You know, you know, especially like, you know, when you're you're thinking, oh, God, are they looking at this? Are they looking at that? They probably haven't even noticed you. So don't panic. Don't even worry. <laughs> so that most definitely would be my my piece of advice is that don't don't sweat the small stuff you know just go and do you and and you know be nice to be nice and be a good person and then you can't do any more i really i really like that advice and i know it's like i i remember you had said it to me before and i know it sounds harsh but it's quite um I suppose it's quite a humbling piece of advice as well because it stopped us yeah. from getting so caught up yeah. in what everybody totally, else totally. thinks, really. It is. It's whenever... And I use it a lot when I teach as well. <laughs> but And I do have to tell them, I'm like, trust me, I, I don't... This is a good thing, you know. Don't don't take it too harshly. But then once you, once you know the meaning, then you're all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your most embarrassing moment? Oh... Um, horse related. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It can be horse related, or it, or it can be it can be anything related. Okay. Well, I've had I, I've had a lot. Um. Oh, probably my most moment would have been. I was in. Oh, come back I was to the dress. Oh, there you are. Am I back? Yeah. Am I back? So I've had a lot of embarrassing moments, but probably my most embarrassing would have been I was at the championships and I was very unwell and <laughs> I had a bit of an accident at the prize given and no one ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> so I never ran out of there as quick as I could in my life. Um, I was like thinking, trying to just be like, back my way up to the back of the room with my long coat on and just get the hell out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a long drive home. <laughs> oh, my God, Kevin. That is brilliant. No, oh, my God. My finest moments. But nobody knew at the time, but surely everybody knows now. <laughs> exactly, exactly, for sure. What can you do? As I always say, happens the best of us. Uh, what does success mean no, to you? Oh, um, I think that can be, yeah, that, that can be taken up in lots of different ways. Um, I think on a general day-to-day -day basis, uh, for me, success would be uh, happiness. Um, and, you know, to be happy in your, you know, in your workplace, to be, you know, to, that your family and your friends are happy and healthy um, and to me that's definitely uh, what success means to me in that sense but obviously when in the competition sense uh, that when you feel like you've done a fantastic you know round and that you've given it you, you know you're all and the horse has, has really played ball and, and so from a so from a competition yeah. point of view, um, definitely when when you go into the you know when you do a test and you feel like you've given it your all, and the horse has given it their all, and you know you come away with with the win and and you know a score that you're happy with, 
for me that's yeah. that's just the most amazing feeling you know especially when you're at you know on some of the bigger shows or the internationals so it's just yeah it's phenomenal love it love it oh, your favorite show uh, you've ever been to definitely the most amazing show uh definitely a show i'd love to write at someday um and yeah i i just it, it's brilliant from the stalls you have you know all the designer stalls and you, you go and you're you go into the stadium and you see all you know the warm-up and the the drinks it's just bliss i i loved it um but i have to say i you can never go wrong with with cabin i i do love a good championships in cabin <laughs> Can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> you beat Kevin Moody at I home, know, can you? It's no acting now, but <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> uh, your favourite horse that you don't own, but you'd love oh, to ride? God, there's there's lots of them. Um, I'd love a go on uh, Charlotte's horse, uh, Geo, or Pumpkin, I think she calls him. Uh, he's a little chestnut horse, and um, I'd absolutely love a go on him. And I'd also look, he's a little pocket rocket. He's a little um, fireball. He, he was amazing when we were over there, actually. Like, she pulled him out and she was warming him up. And I'm telling you, he trotted around like a Connemara pony. And she literally picked up the reins, and your jaw dropped. He was just unbelievable. Um, and then also, I would love a go on hike as mayor Sambuca to have a go at the medium trot, even though I probably wouldn't be able to sit it. <laughs> She's oh, a powerhouse as well, oh, Sambuca, yeah, isn't she? Absolute powerhouse. So maybe one day I'll I'll try I'll ask her can I sneak a little go after Tokyo <laughs> to make sure I don't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you absolutely would not do anything wrong. Don't be silly. And your dream coach you'd love to have a lesson with? Um, I would absolutely love a lesson with Carl. Uh, I find, I, you know, especially seeing him teach over there, it was, he was, you know, just amazing, obviously. Like, he's, he's, he's the job. Um, but, yeah, probably dream coach would be Carl. Love is. Oh, Kevin, I cannot thank you enough for giving us an insight into your journey as <laughs> Ireland's youngest Grand Prix rider. And I, like I said, everybody that knows you knows that you're the light of, of, of <laughs> the dressage arenas. And if they're in a warm up with you, they can be damn sure they're going to have a good time and oh, never lose that much. about you. And thank oh, you so much for giving me your time. So proud of you. Well done on your on your new journey. You're absolutely killing it. I'm you know well impressed. <laughs> <laughs>